BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. This is Lisa from the BeastNet podcast, and we're talking to Ryan Kreese. Tell me a little bit about how your year's been, a little bit about yourself as Miss Wheelchair. Sure. <laughs> um, so like you said, my name is Ryan Kress. I am a um, 29-year-old disability advocate. I am Miss Wheelchair Virginia 2020 and 2021. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> I am a registered nurse. Um, coming to you live from the hospital because I live here. <laughs> I've worked um, all the way through COVID the whole nine. So it's been a journey. Um, and I am a, an adaptive athlete. Um, I am a weightlifter and wheelchair basketball and pretty much anything else you throw at me. I'm going to attempt to do it, especially if you tell me that I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the one challenge for people. Oh, you can't do it. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll prove you wrong. Sure. Let's, let's see. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. <laughs> How has this year been for you as Miss Wheelchair, since you're going into 2021 as well? Um, what's this next year looking like? Or is it still kind of tentative because of how things are going? It's been pretty crazy. Um, so 2020 was my first reign. And so I did half my year pretty normal and did a lot of speaking engagements, a lot of educational tours and stuff like that. Just talking about um, disability advocacy, about um, I speak a lot about adaptive sports um, and then getting more disabled bodies in healthcare field. Um, And then I had to quickly kind of adapt and everything switched to Zoom very quickly. Um, Lots and lots of Zoom appearances and podcasts and online interviews and that kind of thing. Um, And then um, this year, it's seeming like it's going to be a mixture of both. Um, I just did my first appearance Saturday, yeah, Saturday um, for a women's conference. And that was a hybrid conference. So like we were on stage and we were in this completely empty auditorium and (laughs) broadcasting it to zoom. So like every time, like I have a really dry sense of humor. So I'm like, you know, I would say something and expect people to laugh and like, Oh, Oh, that's right. They're they're in the computer. Okay. (laughs) That was definitely interesting, but it's been kind of cool to get to like attend way more events than I would would be able to do in person just with my job and the constraints that way. Um, so that's been really awesome. And to get to appear like all over the world as well as the nation, just with um, time zones and stuff that I would not be able to do if it was all in person again. So it has pluses and minuses for that's, sure. That's awesome. And um, as for being an adaptive athlete, do you have any events or anything like that coming up? Um. So yes, but not scheduled yet. Um, last year was supposed to be um, my very, very, very first Spartan race with um, my team, More Hearts and Scars. Yep, uh, yeah, that was that was definitely supposed to be last year, but didn't happen. So it's being rescheduled for this year. So I've been training for the past two years and just kind of waiting to get out there. So Zach and I are working on that now. Yay! So, what? Uh, what what Spartan race is it tentatively might be? Do you know? No, he's supposed to get back to me on that one because I was like, I'll go anywhere. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to assume probably uh, the one hosted up in Wintergreen just because it's close to where I live. But we'll see. 
That's awesome. Yay. Um, have you done any other OCRs or are you just kind of waiting for the Spartan race? Nope. I haven't done any. I am a uh, brand newbie. I've gone out um, and trained with more hearted scars and everything with the team and done that kind of stuff. But yeah, nope. It is brand new to me. I'm oh, you're going to be so hooked. <laughs> I'm like, this is such a problem. As soon as I met the team, I'm like, oh no, they're all my kind of people. This is sad. I've found another thing to be obsessed with. <laughs> oh yeah. It's an obsession. I've been doing it for seven years and this last year, not having any races. I am like, I'm itching. I want to go race so bad. I'm like, come on, open up. So you do weightlifting. Are you, is it, um, do you compete with that or is it just for fun, for strength training? It's um, for strength training. So it started out, like if you had told me probably mm, 10, not even 10, yeah, 10 years ago that I would do anything athletic, be in a gym, anything like I would have laughed my t- off. I was a ballerina. I was a dancer. I did not lift weights. I did not ride. I didn't do anything. I was like, no, there's no, I'd been in physical therapy my entire life. Um, because, so I have, uh, something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome where all of my collagen and basically the glue that holds my body together is really stretchy. My skin is super stretchy. My joints dislocate really easily. Um, and so basically when you get that diagnosis, they're like, okay, you have to live in a bubble. <laughs> and like, that's, so I've been in physical therapy since I was 10 and I started, um, I guess it was back in 2017. I was like, you know what? My ex got a, a gym membership. Let me just, let me just go. And I was like, I can't do free weights. I can't do anything like that. I can only do machines because of my range of motion being so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and one of the other issues is it, um, we have trouble seeing where our bodies are in space because our joints just keep going. <laughs> yeah. so, so easy to injure yourself that I was terrified. Um, so I just never tried it. And I slowly started incorporating more and more and more. And um, now my joints have benefited so much. Now I've had my fair share of injuries. So I am very good at relocating joints. Luckily I am an ER nurse by trade. So that works out nicely. <laughs> uh, so I, I started lifting and doing all that just for my health and then quickly became addicted and um, attempted powerlifting at one point, which is the very opposite of what any EDS patient should ever try to do. But, you know, I was, I'm a very go big or go home kind of person. So. <laughs> but now it's kind of settled in. Um, and training for my upcoming season, if we get to compete again, I am, um, play wheelchair basketball with a team out here in Roanoke, the Roanoke Stars. And so that is what I'm training up for because I am the only female on the team. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's so much fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably my, my biggest thing is, is training for that. And then, um, at the same time, taking on the role of spectator this year, because normally I am the one competing and I am one of my spotlight. But this year, uh, my girlfriend is training to qualify for the Paralympics in Tokyo. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, she's training on hand cycle. So I am learning what it's like to be the, the you know, head of the fan club. So <laughs> is that pretty... Uh defined switch for you from being the competitor to being the spectator? Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I tend to um, 
find myself in the spotlight for one reason or another since I was a kid, whether it's public speaking or dance or uh, sports now. And it's kind of cool to like take a step back and to learn a sport that I know nothing about because with my hips dislocate too easily. I was never able to um, be a cyclist at all, like except when I was a really little kid. Yeah. So helping her train and um, pretending like I can keep up with her is <laughs> a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. And I have a built-in trainer. So, you know, she's stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, with the basketball, do you guys travel to other places? Like how far do you guys travel team-wise? We do. Um, so we have struggled trying to get enough people together to actually have a team to continue to compete. Um, but when we are able to, and what we're looking for, we travel all up and down the East Coast for games. Um there, and we do a, we do a lot more. We find ourselves doing a lot more um, education and going out and hosting clinics at local colleges and um, just getting the community involved and aware that hey, adaptive sports do exist. And you know, just because I am a wheelchair user doesn't mean that I can't also be an athlete because yeah. people see the chair and they just automatically think hospital sterility. Like there's little there's that person. that stigma that's there. It's like oh you can't do that. And I'm like, wait a minute, but they can. I think that's the best part of like seeing people in in Spartan races, like even with more hearts than scars. I've seen some absolutely incredible adaptive athletes that it's humbling to me to see them. I'm like, well, shoot, I need to step up my game. But it's incredible because there's that stigma needs to be beaten down, I guess is the best way to put it. Because there are a lot of kids that I think they feel stifled because, oh, well, I have this this disability, but is it really a disability or just not getting that support and that knowledge like, oh, there are people that are, they're athletic. They're doing the things that I just wish I could do. So that's incredible that you guys are out there advocating for that. Is yeah. that something you're using with your platform? Definitely. As- that's um, awesome. Yeah. So this year, um, last year, I kind of stuck to uh, my platform of, um, you know, getting more disabled bodies in healthcare and that kind of thing. Um, but I, because I've, I, you know, I've kind of learned this whole advocacy platform as I go and I'm kind of developing it and realizing that, you know, oh, this is going to definitely be a lifelong thing, not just while I'm this wheelchair. And so I um, started out as trying to advocate for better mental health resources for people with, I started with just mobility limiting disabilities. Cause that's yeah. like the one thing I knew I was like, all right, I can affect this. Um, and then it's kind of grown to incorporate, you know, just m- more education, especially about adaptive sports. Um, I live in Southwestern Virginia, the middle of nowhere land. And I constantly, my Instagram is blowing up with physical therapists, occupational therapists in the area. They're like, Hey, I have a kid, they're a new wheelchair user and they just, they're not adapting. Well, they don't, you know, one, they don't know anybody like them. They don't know. um, No one around them looks like them. You don't see us in the media much. Um, And then two, like, these are kids that um, where I live in Roanoke, we have a lot of gun violence. And so it's a lot of times, you know, gang violence, people who are very athletic, 
prior to their accident. And it was a very violent way to take away their mobility. And so getting them involved in something, especially like basketball, which for most of them, they've been playing their entire lives. um, And to show them like, hey, there's a whole bunch of us who do play and, you know, we're not just sitting at home, wasting away and being super disabled. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's just so many more opportunities. I had, I've been involved with wheelchair basketball for years now and I had no idea until I was Miss Wheelchair. I went to um, Sportable in Richmond, did a adaptive sports festival. And so I got to try all kinds of stuff I didn't know existed. There was a wheelchair fencing. There was rugby, like anything you could possibly want. They have figured out a way to adapt it to whatever your needs may be. That's amazing. Wheelchair fencing. Okay. That's phenomenal. Um, Wow. Like to see them do it at the Olympic level. I'm just like, they move so quickly. (laughs) Like I can't. (laughs) How did you just do that? It's nuts. That's insane, but so awesome to know that they're making sure that every sport basically has an adaption to it. And that's so awesome to see and to have that platform to advocate for it, put it out there more, get more people involved. That's also incredible. Um, With the mental health side of it, have um, what resources are, do you have, have you found that can really help those who are adaptive athletes? Definitely. Um, So it definitely depends on your sport. A lot of sports have kind of their own vein of way of doing things, but around here um, we have several um, uh, groups that meet and then we are really, really active. Um, One in the Southwest of Virginia area is called wheel love. And it's just a bunch of us that we love being outside and we love getting out and doing something, trying new sports. Last uh, winter before COVID hit, we all went skiing. I had not been skiing since I was in a chair. And so I (laughs) I loved to ski when I was able-bodied. So I was like, all right, let's try this. Terrifying and amazing all at the same time. (laughs) So good. That's awesome. You're sitting in a bucket and you're attached to one ski and you just kind of got to (laughs) balance. Oh, that's so fantastic though. Like you're able to participate with the winter sports and doing the things that you were able to do before. So like, that's awesome. You're not, um, we did it up in snowshoe in West Virginia and they have the challenged athletes of West Virginia and they meet and they take kids out and they go and, uh, you know, take them skiing and everything and just getting them out and getting them surrounded by, you know, adults who have, you know, similar, if not the same disabilities that they do and getting them exposed to these role models that are, you know, we're not, these per- picture perfect little figureheads that you see <laughs> sometimes on, you know, social media or on Instagram, like you, you can't tell people only show the good side of everything. And right. so like, getting out there and just getting these kids that normally, you know, wouldn't open up about the mental health side of dealing with disability or just, you know, dealing with being a kid yeah. are able to open up and relate to these other athletes and these adults that they are now look up to as, you know, okay, well, if they're doing it and they're twice my age, like then I, I can definitely do this. And they usually come up and like completely we're on the basketball court, completely kick our butts. And it's hilarious. Cause they're all just like, all right, all right. Now you have to join the team. Let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Are there uh, resources in all States for adaptive athletes and like, especially kids that don't even realize that there are sports out there. Is there a place where they can go to find like a directory of yes. who to reach um, out to? Definitely. So 
the best way I know, because each state is a little bit different, um, but the Challenge Athletes Foundation, um, CAF out of the California area, they are, um, they've compiled a nationwide directory um, of all of these different adaptive sporting resources um, that, and that's how I got in touch with several in my area. Um, other than that, just, it's a, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of um, checking out local rehab hospitals um, that people don't think about doing a lot of the rehab hospitals in states that are, you know, where these kids are going to, to learn how to reuse their bodies again, or learn how to adapt to vision loss, hearing loss, wheelchair use. Um, they will have all of the contacts of the local sporting teams. Um, but then also if there's anybody on at least the East coast, they can definitely reach out um, to me on my platform, chronically Rye, and I would be happy to get them in touch with people from all across, across the nation. If um, I, <laughs> my job in the hospital, I work as a case manager and I basically problem solve all day long and I carry it over into my time off. <laughs> I love like hooking people up in other states. I constantly get people in my inbox and they're like, Hey, I'm really interested in basketball, but you know, I, I don't live in Virginia and I'm like, hold on. I got where you live. Okay. <laughs> got somebody there. Let me get you. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's been the, the best part of being this wheelchair is getting to, to kind of do that for so many other people and be the person that I needed when I was first diagnosed. For that's sure. fantastic. And you were trying to get more people. Your focus last year was more um, <clears throat> adaptive uh, healthcare workers. And how is that going for you? Did like, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so like I said, so I was an ER nurse and I worked um, ER trauma for the first five, six years of my nursing career um, until my disability had kind of degenerated to the point where I required the wheelchair. Um, and so I had to leave the bedside and kind of, I, I took myself away from the bedside because I just have that kind of personality that I know that if I'm there and I'm in the ER, and I, I'm not yet comfortable as a wheelchair user. I'm not yet at that time comfortable, um, you know, getting around in that chair. I know that a trauma or some kind of emergency is going to bust through those doors and I'm going to jump out of the chair, forget completely and fall away. <laughs> so before that could happen, I started getting, you know, not fearful for my safety, but I was fearful. Like, what if the next time I fall, you know, granny's on my arm or something like that. So a patient was with me. Yeah. Uh, so I took a step away from the bedside and um, took a job as a case manager where I do a lot of discharge planning, setting up medical equipment, um, getting people in touch with rehabs, um, all kinds of stuff like that, um, which is something that I'd had case managers my entire life being a you know, career patient. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I can handle this. And so through that, I've gotten to kind of tie all of my loves of, um, you know, nursing as a whole, but then also disability advocacy, because nobody ever expects their nurse to roll in in a wheelchair. And they're just like, I'm sorry, what? What, are, <laughs> what is this? Like, I think you need to be in the bed more than I do. Like, what, why? And I love it because I'm a completely open book about my disability and my chair. Oh, where did it go? Elephant in the room. Oh. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the elephant in the room, you know, I might as well cover it in rainbows. And if you want to ask me about it, go ahead. I'd rather you ask me than some stranger on the street that's just gone through some like traumatic issue with their disability. Yeah. What platforms have you been using to help get more adaptive healthcare workers in? So I um, have been, I started out just kind of 
thinking, you know, hey, there have to there has to be more people out here that are in this situation. There, I know that there are other nurses with disabilities. So I turned to my beloved Instagram and was just like, <laughs> so I started that Instagram was just kind of like a place for me to vent about my disability as it slowly worsened. I'd never, I, I shared it with like my family. That was it. Yeah. Um, and it suddenly just picked up steam. And while I was sharing the fact that I was a nurse, people kind of came out of the woodwork who were in the exact same position I was, you know, whether they had started nursing school, school disabled or become disabled somewhere in it. And so, I, I, and we all had the same kind of story, which is as soon as the chair enters the situation, suddenly it's like all of our nursing knowledge was tied to our legs and we're no longer able to work as nurses. Um, No one wants to hire us. And it's not because, you know, we're not able to complete the tasks. Um, When COVID came through, I wanted to prove to myself that I was still able to do the job. And so I took um, volunteered for some shifts as a volunteer, as a tech on the floor, just, you know, taking vital signs, helping change patients, doing all of that kind of stuff and realize, wait, I am still completely able to do everything that I could standing from my chair. I have done CPR from my chair. I have rolled patients, flipped patients, pushed stretchers, the whole nine. Um, but because it's something that just isn't seen and it's not the norm, you know, it's, we're automatically just like, oh, no, we can't hire you. This is this is not normal. This isn't what we're used to. So I found um, the National Organization of Nurses with Disabilities. Um, and I'm actually now a, the, a board member. I'm the social media and web design chair um, for this crazy national organization that is made up of all these healthcare workers that are going through the exact same thing that I went through, whether it's with, you know, whatever their disability is, a chair, vision lost. Um, we have a lot of limb difference nurses and we get together and we find ways to work with students come out of the woodwork and they're like, Hey, I just, I want to know if this is even possible. I've always wanted to be a nurse, but I have cerebral palsy and I'm in a wheelchair. Is it even something that I can do? And we said, absolutely. As long as you have the drive and the willingness to put the work in, you absolutely can be a nurse and can work in healthcare. And so we are helping to kind of break down that stigma. And I'm doing it because I'm the only one in my area that's that's kind of um, doing that, that kind of thing in my local hospitals. So I tend to through Miss Wheelchair, pick up speaking events and everything to specifically to medical practitioners. So whether they're med school students, um, I just did a district uh, physical therapy association. And so doing those, I get to not only teach like, hey, people with disabilities can absolutely work in healthcare and we're a vital resource because we know what it's like to be that patient laying in the bed. And we know what it's like, you know, what it feels like when you don't understand any of the medical jargon that's being thrown at you. And every single person is just in a big white coat and leaning down over you. Yeah. And that's the biggest feedback I get from my patients is they're like, you're the first person that came in here and talked to me like a human that I knew was had, you knew what I was going through and you like looked me in the eye and got on my level. I'm like, well, I can't really help it. That's the only level I have. (laughs) And so it's been awesome because then if I'm speaking to these healthcare practitioners, I'm also like getting to answer their questions about what it's like living with these disabilities and how they can then work as better healthcare practitioners and work with us. 
and showing them, hey, do you have any younger patients? Here are some adaptive sporting resources. <laughs> That's fantastic. So when you I kind started, of do both at the same time. Yeah, when I started, I was like, I have so many interests and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's finally like, oh, I know it's all coming together. It's all right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, with your first Spartan race, fingers crossed, coming up this year, what are you most excited about with that? Um, I think I'm most excited, well, one, to get on, out on the course with the team because I have never met a group of people that I was instantly just like, oh, hello, I found my family. Okay. <laughs> They're all absolutely insane and I adore them. I got to be with them while um, when they were on the uh, Micros Facebook Live. Oh, <laughs> yes. Know. I, I was turning the favorite. That's awesome. I was there as the the newbie who was supposed to be just meeting the group and because Zach <laughs> found me on the internet and was like, hey, like you're insane and I think you would fit in. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, I've never done anything like this before in my entire life. Uh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, come on, just come meet the crew. And if you hate it, you hate it, fine. I was like, all right. He's like, yeah, we're supposed to be filming this documentary. So it might be a little weird, but you'll at least get to meet everybody. And I'm like, he had no idea. <laughs> so <laughs> like, Okay. And so I get up there. We're having a great time. The next morning we wake up and I'm like, um, look at Erica. I'm like, Hey, that's, uh, that's Mike Rowe. No, it's not. No, it's not. Shut. No, we're just going, he just looks like him. It's fine. No, it's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. (laughs) That was my intro to them. I'm just like, well, I've been through that with you guys. Let's go. (laughs) I think I'm most excited because you know, growing up as a dancer and being a ballerina and nev- and having this disability where everyone treated me like, you know, I was in a bubble. It is the, the one thing that I always thought I would never be capable of doing. And if it wasn't for, you know, a team like More Hearts and Scars, there's no way that I could without, you know, the adaptive equipment. But yeah. to finally get myself out there and prove to myself that like, no, I have been through so much with my disability, but this is one thing that I can conquer and I can take on and I might need a little bit of help along the way, but that's all right. We're going to get it done. Yes. I'm so <laughs> you talk totally sounded just like Erica when you're like, no, it's not. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I adore that woman. She's absolutely nuts, but yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And when you were on there and you met everybody, it's like you instantly become part of the family, even though you just don't really know them that well. It's like, oh, I've known you forever and didn't even realize it. that's how it was when I first met Erica. It was like, oh, I've known you forever, even though I just met you. So uh, I'm hoping, uh, I know Don and I are trying to figure out how to get out to a race with more hearts and scars. And I'm like, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> amazing. I will let you know when my first one is. I'll be like, you should come to this one. Come on. <laughs> I, I might be able to swing that. <laughs> when is the wintergreen race? Well, I'm not sure because they they changed it on me and I got so caught up in um, looking up the uh, Paralympics and getting that on my calendar. (laughs) We're going to just real quick. (laughs) You're like me. I'm like, "Mm, what's that going to (laughs) be? Exactly. Okay. So it looks, mm, do they not have their updated thing on here? Oh, wait, possibly August 23rd. (sighs) I think. Yes. Okay. So August. Yeah, that's the same weekend, I think, as Hawaii. I 
think it's the same I, I, I think that's maybe an acceptable reason. <laughs> if I had to choose between Hawaii and Wintergreen, Virginia, I think, I, yeah, no. I, the Hawaii, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Little does my teenager know that, you know, we're going to go for a vacation. We're going to add some racing in with it too. But I think she's kind of used to that with me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever been out there before? I've never been to Hawaii. We were supposed to go this last year. And of course, of course, COVID hit. And yeah. so have to change some plans. And so we're trying to plan it out. It'll be like the first like major vacation for me and my daughter to go on together. So we take little trips, but this is going to be the first big trip. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to go big or go home on that one. (laughs) I've never been, but I bet that, oh my gosh, racing out there would be amazing too. Yeah. I have some teammates. I know pretty Mike here from BeastNet. He's gone. I think he's gone almost every year, but last year to Hawaii and raced it. And, um, I've really wanted to go there and race with my team there. I mean, why, why not? <laughs> <For sure. laughs> um, once you get that first race under your belt, I'm going to warn you now you're going to be hooked and want to do more. It's, it's just a given. <laughs> oh, for it. Um, so you got the basketball, you're going to have obstacle course racing. What are your, like, what are your other goals and plans and things that you want to do within the next year, next few years when it comes to um, the healthcare workers who are adaptive, adaptive athletes and your own personal goals? Where do you kind of see yourself heading? I definitely think that I am, my main goal is trying to take my chronically ride platform and turn that into my full-time job and turn my disability advocacy work and traveling and public speaking and all of that into an actual position and combine all of these love that I do have. Um, because I, I guess it was just one of those things that I kind of stumbled into and had no idea until I got I need to stop being dared to do things. I got <laughs> dared to come out with more hiding scars. I got dared to do the Miss Wheelchair Virginia pageant. And here we are. It's completely changed my life. Um, and like, if you told me that I had a tiara a few years ago, like when they told me that there was a Miss Wheelchair pageant and they asked me to enter, I was like, I'm sorry. Um, do you, I had at the time, I had half my head, half my head shaved. I curse like a sailor and I have common tattoos. I'm like, what part of this says pageant girl to you? Like, no, it's public speaking. It's advocacy. Like, you'll be great. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I, I, like at that point, my disability, I was in a really low place because my disability had, um, with my dance, that was uh, my goal. I was going to be a, a full-time professional dancer. Um, I had gotten into NYU School of Dance, and then I was diagnosed like a few weeks later. Um, so that was the first time that EDS took that for me. And then when it took my, you know, my love of trauma nursing and ER nursing, that was the next time. That was about 10 years later. And so it, it was at this point in my life when the Miss Wheelchair Virginia pageant came through and when I met Zach with more heart than scars. Um where I was just like, I am the lowest I've ever been. I don't have anything left to lose. So why not? And I and that's why my inspiration for my platform was mental health, because I wasn't really taking care of my own. I wasn't realizing that how much of a, you know, grief process it is losing your mobility and losing your independence, especially for someone who has been super independent my entire life. And so I was just like, you know what? 
let's just do it. Let's go. Let's just, just see what happens. And so far, like it just, I found my niche and I found that I'm actually kind of good at this. And I'm like getting to, to do all this public speaking. I was on the cover of an Italian magazine like two uh, months ago. Wow. <laughs> like, wh- I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you know, hopefully they said good things. No. <laughs> right. Um, what'd you say? <laughs> it's just one of those things that where I definitely stumbled into all of it. And now I can't imagine my life without my adaptive athletes, without my public speaking, without getting to go and work with these newly disabled patients every single day and being like, you know what? I know that it feels like you cannot wake up in the morning and it feels like you have absolutely nothing left to live for and people are taking care of you and you just feel awful, but it gets so much better and showing them that there are families out there like more hearts and scars. There are groups of us like my group, we love that, you know, we will be there for you. You let us know you, you have a bad day, you know, and, like you're at the worst of your worst, you call us, we will all be there. We will be there sitting in your front yard. Like, let's go. Come on. We're just going to go. We're going to go for a push. We're going to push down the road. We're just going to talk and it'll be all right. And it's all these things that I desperately needed as a teenager being diagnosed with my condition. And I know that there are so many other people out there. And through that advocacy and showing these newly disabled people, I'm able to also influence the able-bodied people around them because, you know, you don't know until you know. I didn't know anything about the disability world until I was in the thick of it and neither yeah. did my family or my friends. And so getting to be that person and just with my kind of attitude and my personality about life, I'm super laid back and I'm going to come to you like, all right, look, here's, this is how it is. Uh, this is what, what I need to get around and here's how we can get there. And yeah, I think that's able to affect a lot of change. And so I kind of want to see how far I can take that. That's fantastic. And you actually have come into a new passion, it sounds like, through your disability. So it's not something that can ever be taken from you because of the diagnosis that you had. You've taken that diagnosis and turned it into a passion and a career. And that's absolutely incredible. Uh, I fully agree with you when you say, you know, letting the, getting the able-bodied people to understand and see what they presume is a disability is something completely different because just because that's there does not mean that person is not able to go do things. Um, my mom worked with um, physically and mentally disabled people from the time I was born to I think I was like seven when we moved. Um, so I was around the Special Olympics. We went camping. We went bowling. We went swimming. And it was... Um, I think those are my strongest memories as a kid was doing all of that. And I'm like, well, there's no limit. There's no limitations unless you put them on yourself or you listen to what others say are going to be your limitations. And it's so awesome to speak with you and others who have what is a presumed limitation and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me correct you on that way of thinking. And that's absolutely phenomenal. I think we need more of you out there than the naysayers because you've got kids, you've got adults that just need that, that different thought pattern that they've been given. Yeah. And thanks. I mean, for myself, being, you know, I was diagnosed when I was 16. So I was just like, I remember them telling me, Hey, like you're going to be in a wheelchair by the time you're 20. And every like interview or stuff that I do, they're like, Oh my gosh, how did that affect you? I'm like, 
affect me. It didn't. I was a stupid 16 year old and I thought I was invincible. I'm like, I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. Shut up. No, Ooh, I'm a dancer. I don't care what you chuck. And so like to get <laughs> to this point now and to kind of see like, like, like you said, like, um, kind of influence the able-bodied people around me. Um, because when I was that age and with that mentality, if you had showed me a lot of like super positive disability advocates that are just like, you know, happy sunshine all the time, I would have laughed in your face and be like, this is not what I want. So my style of advocacy, like on my page, I talk about the down and the dirty and like my good days and my bad days. And like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like had a workup, had to give a stool sample. I'm like, look, we don't talk about it. No, we're going to talk about why we're doing this. We're going to talk about I have intestinal surgery, like all of it. And <laughs> I think people who normally don't really benefit from that kind of like advocacy movement, um, see that type of advocacy. And they're like, oh, like they're just a normal person that I can talk to like a normal person and I can learn from them and not feel like like I have this like holier than thou attitude around me or something. Yeah. Totally don't. I, I'm always like, you know, I might not know the answers to your questions, but like, come on, bring them on. We're going to find out together. And it's all right. That's so, so amazing. And you know, um, I think that's the one thing about social media that kind of gets lost in it is everybody, you know, it's the sunshine and daisies. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. And you got to see both sides of it because not everything is perfect. They're we all have messy lives. And I think if we were more honest about the messiness in our lives, the view of things wouldn't be so skewed. Like you, there's more than just the surface of like, Oh, everything's perfect. And the fact that you are just down up straight up, just like, no, 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 no. This is how it is. Like there's good and there's bad. And let me tell you about both. I think that's something that we all need to see more of. Um, so hopefully August for winter, for wintergreen, you've got, um, the basketball stuff going right now. You got the Miss Virginia wheelchair. Uh, what else do you have going on? It seems like you're just so busy. Do you have like a lot of any downtime or <laughs> most of my downtime? If I, like the times that I do have it, I'm in the gym just because that's my happy place. That's, you know, it makes me feel good. And that's, that's where I live. And um, so that's what I've been doing with most of my time. And then I got a TikTok and I learned <sighs> that I am way, I, I am too old to make TikToks. I pulled all these muscles in my back trying to learn some choreography the other night. It was <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. I, uh, I am too old for this. I cannot know. <laughs> so uh, my little like venture. I was like, all right, I can, I can do this. Sure. No. Yeah. I, I'm on that as well. And I did it partly because I, my, my daughter who just walked in, <laughs> she told me I couldn't find her on there. And I'm like, huh watch me <laughs> challenge accepted i found her i didn't follow her like i wasn't going to be that creepy mom but i found yeah. her but i get so lost in that sometimes i'm like oh my where did the last really? hour go <laughs> yeah yes that's a problem and you know i follow more hearts and scars on there and beastnet oh, and so oh it's my gosh that i got one in the first place because i was out there and he's like you have to make a TikTok. You have to do it. You have to go like all of mine right now. I'm like, right. I don't know anything about this. And now a year later, I'm like, 
I hate you so much. It is four in the morning. <laughs> I am still on this stupid app scrolling. It's hilarious. It's, it's not the problem. Yeah, um, I I do the same thing. Or I'll be scrolling in the morning. I'm like, okay, I got 10 minutes. I can drink my coffee and I can look. And I have I usually have headphones on in the morning because yeah. I try not to wake everybody up. I think I've woken people up a few times with my cackling because I'm like, <laughs> I find the funniest thing. Or um, hold on, we need to get more. Don't kill me. I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Fine. So, um, yeah, I've I've gotten lost on TikTok. I follow Erica on there. I follow Zach. Erica's given me a heart attack a couple times with some of uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Going downstairs, doing all kinds of nuts. I'm like, Erica, what are you doing? She always knows too. I'll text her be like, what are you doing? She's like, so you saw that TikTok, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Could you not kill yourself before I get to see you next time? Like, come right. on, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I was watching that. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Don't just be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what it's like hanging out with her at all times. I'm like, no, I'm just not looking. I'm not. Like, what do you think it's like hanging out with you? I'm like, all right, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's it's <laughs> oh, I guess I am doing something this year. Uh, the beginning of August, I'm competing for Miss Wheelchair America. Yay! I keep forgetting that that's a thing because <laughs> two years coming. Oh, that's and fantastic. Yeah. Where is that going to be at? Well, it, it was until last week going to be in Michigan. Uh, it, but uh, now it is going to be virtual. Okay. And we are figuring that out as far as how we are going to do that. Never done a virtual pageant before. Um so it'll be interesting, but I'm excited because that's I, so awesome Yay! to meet all these other crazy wheelchair users from across the nation and <laughs> do more advocacy and run my mouth some more. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That is so phenomenal. We did that locally. We have a, a festival every year and they just did the pageant virtually and a little weird little weird. I'm like, how's that yeah. going to work? And I think just part of it too is that being with the audience and everything. I'm like, so how, okay. I'm really curious as to how that's going to work. And if I can watch it, I want to see that just because oh, yeah, that's sure. a huge pageant to put on and you're doing it virtually. I'm like, okay, is that going to crash the system? Cause that's a lot of people. Right? <laughs> so at least I've figured out that if it is virtual, me and like my crew, we're gonna like have a watch party kind of like so they'll at least be people there for me to be interacting with while they're that's perfect. Otherwise, it would just be like me alone in my apartment in an <laughs> evening gown, like you know, my chihuahua staring at me, like okay, no. <laughs> such a problem so yeah we're gonna do a little watch party we'll make it a little more exciting so that's awesome you have somebody to talk to that's even perfect you know instead of like the what is it the piped in yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's what i asked i'm like are you guys gonna do do we have fake audiences is that what's gonna happen they're like no let's check just needed to know that throws me off like watching um trying to watch baseball this last year because we couldn't go to a game i tried watching it live and like all of a sudden you hear this yeah and i'm like there's okay you don't need yeah you don't need to put in fake cheering it's really obvious (laughs) thinking about like what it must be like to be on the field in this very quiet stadium (laughs) 
right? <laughs> like, are they piping? Is that going to be live as well? Or <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's the first part of August for you. Yes. Yay. So um, where can people find you? I know you said Instagram. Are you on Facebook? What are your yeah. handles? Well, mine is easy because if everywhere is chronically underscore rye. It's chronically underscore RY. And it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And now I just got, um, oh, what is that? The new at Clubhouse. I just got a clubhouse. It's this social media app that's very new that's all verbal. And so it's very disability friendly. So a lot of the advocacy oh. groups are taking to this and it's, it's fascinating. And I just got it. So I don't know what I'm doing yet, <laughs> um, but it's like people form these like chat rooms, kind of chat rooms, but they're about like a topic and you see what the topic is and you're like, Oh, I want to go in. And you can either go in and just listen to people talk. I mean, anyone from, like celebrities are on there and you can ask questions, like raise your hand. You can get called up as a speaker. Like a, the other day, a bunch of my friends and I just had it. We were all in there just hanging out, talking in the clubhouse app. But, oh. Yeah. So that wow. That one's a new one for me too. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to ask the teenager if she's heard of that one. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is my main one. That's the easiest way to get That's in That's the easiest way. Perfect. Yay. The only one I can master. I'll handle one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm still trying to master Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I'm trying to help Dawn out, like slowly start integrating to be, do more of that stuff. I'm like, Okay, is there classes for this? Because I'm kind of right? I'm I'm kind of old and I need to understand this. <laughs> I'm always on YouTube. I'm like, is there a tutorial for this? <laughs> how do I take, how do I TikTok? How do I do this? Yeah, okay. right there that. with right there with you. Well, um, thank you for coming on and talking with me and I cannot wait to have you back on after the pageant, after your first Spartan race, because I'm just going to put it out there. You're going to do it. You're going to have that race this year. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> I'm not cancel again. It's going. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to talk to you again. We can find you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and clubhouse. Yeah. So, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Rye, and can't wait to talk to you again. Take care. Yeah. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, Find us on Facebook, like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.